Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific show for you today, including uh, special guest William Yateman. He is a senior legal fellow uh, with the Pacific Legal Foundation. We'll also visit with Matt Chionis. He has a practice, uh, a real estate practice. Uh, with Gulf Coast International Properties, we'll be talking about his most interesting background and also about the market here on the Paradise Coast. Steve Bruder will be joining us. He's the CEO of St. Matthew's House. Very interesting story. I saw an article in the Wall Street Journal about baby boomers who are now sliding into homelessness. We'll catch up with Steve and also Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston, a space architect and author of many books. Uh, we'll visit with him about his latest column in Newsmax.com. It is September the 22nd, and on this day in 1862, President Abraham Lincoln issued a preliminary emancipation proclamation, which set a date for the freedom of more than 3 million enslaved in the United States, and we cast the Civil War as a fight against slavery. When the Civil War broke out in 1861, shortly after Lincoln's inauguration as America's 16th president, he maintained that the war was about restoring the Union, not about slavery. He avoided issuing an anti-slavery proclamation immediately, despite the urgings of abolitionists and radical uh, Republicans, as well as his personal belief that slavery was morally repugnant. Instead, he chose to move cautiously until he could gain wide support for the public for for such a measure. In July 1862, Lincoln informed his cabinet that he would issue an Emancipation Proclamation, but it would exempt the so-called border states, which had slaveholders but remained loyal to the Union. His cabinet persuaded him not to make the announcement until after the Union victory. Uh, Lincoln's uh, opportunity came following the Union win at uh, the Battle of Antietam in September of 1862. On September the 22nd, the president announced that the enslaved people in areas such as still in rebellion with within 100 days would be free. On January the 1st, 1863, Lincoln issued the final Emancipation Proclamation, which declared that all persons held as slaves within the rebel states are to be henceforward shall be free. The proclamation also called for the recruitment and establishment of black military units among the Union forces. An estimated 180,000 African Americans went on to serve in the Army, while another 18,000 served in the Navy. After the Emancipation Proclamation, back in the Confederacy was seen as favoring slavery, it became impossible for anti-slavery nations such as Great Britain and France, who had been friendly with the Confederacy, to get involved on behalf of the South. The proclamation also unified and strengthened Lincoln's party, the Republicans helping them stay in power for the next two decades. The proclamation was a presidential order and not a law passed by Congress, so Lincoln then pushed for an anti-slavery amendment to the Constitution to ensure its permanence. With the passage of the 13th Amendment in 1865, slavery was eliminated throughout America. Lincoln's handwritten draft of the final Emancipation uh, Proclamation was destroyed in a Chicago fire of 1871. Was that the one where uh, McGillicuddy's cow kicked over the lantern? In any event, today the original official version of the document is housed in the National Archives in Washington, D.C. The Emancipation Proclamation today... Well, Rupert Murdoch, it's a big news, is stepping down as the head of Fox News Corp. uh, And News Corp, the uh, company announced Thursday, uh, Murdoch, who is 92 years of age, will officially be leaving the company in November and will then be appointed chairman emeritus of of each uh, company. Lachlan Murdoch, one of his six kids, the eldest son of the media mogul, will retain the position at Fox Corp.'s uh, executive chair and CEO and will assume the position of chairman at News Corp. here's a quote he says for my entire life i've been engaged daily with news and ideas that will not change murdoch assured staff in a memo on thursday but the time is right for me to take on different roles knowing that we have truly talented team our companies are robust and health and so am i continued 
who have every reason to be optimistic about the coming years. I certainly am and plan on being here to, to participate in them. But the battle for freedom of speech and ultimately the freedom of thought has never been more intense. Well, he's right about that. Now, you'd expect this kind of happy talk in a press release, but Fox News has seen better days, has been struggling lately. Having parted ways with Tucker Carlson and losing about a third of its viewers, it's still the most highly rated cable station, news station uh, in the in the United States. Under Lachlan Murdoch, uh, well, uh, the question is, will Fox thrive or just even survive? We don't know. Murdoch built his global media empire after starting a small newspaper business in Australia some 70 years ago. Stocks dropped for the third straight day after the federal uh, official said the plan to keep interest rates higher for longer than previously thought. So the markets are down. Pretty substantially yesterday, got kind of creamed. Meanwhile, Fox shares jumped 3% on the news that Murdoch was stepping down as chairman. They like that. They like that news, the investors. Well, President Biden uh, looked dazed and confused on Wednesday and walked right into a flag on the stage at the United Nations and almost set off a minor international incident by snubbing uh, President, uh, Brazilian President uh, Lula, Biden seemed to be uh, to rile president's, uh, the Brazil, uh, Brazil's president after he walked off the stage without shaking his hand. He then collided right into a seven-foot-tall Brazilian flag as he walked on stage, taking a moment to collect himself while the South American uh, flag wobbled. One, uh, once the two finished, Biden shook hands with International Labor Organization director uh, but then turned and strolled off stage while Lula stood holding his hand and extending his hand out to shake his hand. But instead of shaking his hand with the South American leader, he waved to the audience, saluted, and drifted off stage what appeared to be a state of confusion. After he left, onlookers noted that Lula looked annoyed and made a frustrating gesture with his arm. The incident was described in the New York Post as just the latest gaffe from Biden, who's uh, faced escalating concerns over his age as he runs to remain uh, president in 2024. The Post uh, reported that it contacted Brazil's Ministry of Foreign Affairs and the White House for comment, and here's a quote, Despite Biden's apparent snub, the two presidents did agree to forge a strong relationship as they spoke of their commitment to uh, creating well-paying jobs and ensuring that uh, workers benefit from a digital and green energy transition, the Post reported. Lula was elected president of Brazil last October with uh, some controversy. Uh, he just narrowly beat out Balancero, of course, his uh, conservative rival. Uh, there were, the Brazilian president assumed office on January the 1st and faced a challenging entry as thousands rioted uh, about in Brasilia in protest that, uh, claiming the election was stolen. So interesting news. Again, our president uh, not exactly holding his own on the international stage. Well, White House's hysteria-filled statement yesterday warned that with a government shutdown in October, planes will collide in the air become because of air traffic controller shortages. Waiting lines at airports will be two hours long because TSA officers will be laid off. 10,000 children will be wandering in the streets because they won't have a Head Start program. We'll all be risk dying from salmonella because food safety inspections will be delayed. Seniors won't get meals on wheels. Lunches and windmill construction will be delayed. In 2020, the same whining politicians shut down private businesses, stores, schools, restaurants, and factories. Tens of millions of Americans were thrown out of work for months on end. Millions of businesses, small and large, were forced to close their doors. Many went bankrupt. The economy took a multi-trillion dollar hit. The media was cheering on the Stalinist lockdowns, even though they had a minimal effect on stopping the spread. Apparently, inside the Beltway, logic goes like this. We can live without businesses, stores, and almost any private sector activity, but the country will go to hell in a handbasket if trivial programs like the National Endowment for the Arts, Department of Energy, and the Federal Trade Commission shut down or even for a single day. Here's a quote from President Biden himself. A government shutdown would undermine our economy and national security, create needless uncertainty for families and businesses, and have damaging consequences across the country. Gee, they never said that when they locked down the entire $24 trillion U.S. economy in 2020 to uh, 2021. The White House and media drama queens are near cardiac arrest over a partial and temporary government shutdown in the days or weeks ahead. 
We probably ought to get out the smelling salts for these folks. Anyhow, you get the drift of this whole whole idea. A little tongue-in-cheek, but fact of the matter, government shutdown is not the worst thing in the world could happen. In my opinion, what we should do is uh, just uh, f- complete this uh, ordinary order uh, and uh, complete the bills that needed to be passed and then open the government. <clears throat> That'll create some urgency to get the job done. This is sad. The poverty rate in the United States increased for the first time in over a decade in 2022. According to new data from the Census Bureau, the poverty rate rose from 7.8% in 2021 to 12.4%, an increase of 4.6 percentage points. It's actually an increase of about 35% uh, more poverty. That news comes as the census also reported that the U.S. real median household income decreased by 2.3%. And meanwhile, year-over-year inflation rose 7.8%. Biden's administration still claims that his policies are working and that his spending plans have sparked the American economy. However, prices have increased more than 17% since he took office. He tried to sell the economic agenda as BABA, Building a Better America. BABA sounds similar to the former President Donald Trump's MAGA. Uh, make America great again, but it just didn't click with America, so he switched to Bidenomics. Still not working. The consumer price indexes rose by 8.3% in August, the highest rate of inflation in over 40 years. In addition, inflation has uh, been rising sharply in recent months, which has eroded the purchasing power of low-income households. The consumer price index rose by 8.3% in August and the highest rate of inflation in over 40 years. The increase in poverty is a major setback for the Biden administration, which has made uh, reducing poverty a top priority. In his first State of the Union address, he set a goal of cutting child poverty in half by the end of his term. Well, it's just not working. The increase in poverty is also a major concern for economists and social policy experts. Policy, uh, poverty has a number of negative consequences, including increased crime, health problems, educational disparities. Children who grow up in poverty are more likely to drop out of school, experience unemployment, and commit crimes as adults. So poverty is up. The plan that Biden has in place, Bidenomics, is not working. Here's living proof. Uh, 40%, uh, in 40% of Baltimore, Baltimore City High Schools, in which the state's math exam was given, none reportedly scored proficient in the subject. Now, I'm talking about no students. The findings were made by the uh, Project Baltimore. This is an educational homicide, said Jason Rodriguez, deputy director of uh, People Endowed by uh, the Struggle, a Baltimore-based nonprofit. Uh, 40% is the thir- in 13 high schools. None of them are proficient in math. Not one student reached a grade level in terms of uh, proficiency. Sad state of affairs indeed. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you visit the website, johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with William Yateman, Senior Legal Fellow with the Pacific Legal Foundation. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. 
Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Matt Chionis, real estate agent with Gulf Coast International Properties. Right now, we have with us William Yateman. He is a senior legal fellow with the Pacific Legal Foundation. William, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Thank you so much for having me on, Bob. Always a pleasure, William. Tell us about the Pacific Legal Foundation. You bet. We're a legal nonprofit, and we defend Americans for free from government overreach and abuse. And we all benefit as a result. The website is pacificlegal.org, if I'm not mistaken, William. Is that the uh, address? Indeed it is. Okay, thank you. So uh, for the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about the spending bill on Capitol Hill. Boy, things have really gotten fluid up there. Maybe you could give us a rundown of what's going on. Well, indeed, it's a bit of a mess. Um, You know, I'll note at the outset, that we've got the the House Republican Caucus in turmoil. We were eight days away from a government shutdown, and the House left town on Thursday. You know they're coming back on Tuesday, so it would. Uh, I think that right there illustrates a big part of the problem. Um, you know the fact that that they're actually only in session, lawmakers, about forty percent of the year. Um, you know we're getting down to crunch time. Why on earth would they be leaving town? Um, but it was uh, a very confusing, muddled week, um, certainly for House Speaker uh, Kevin McCarthy. Um, he uh, twice tried to advance uh, his what, what the, the spending plan that the House leadership had finally, I guess, uh, uh, settled upon. Um, and that was to pass one of these continuing resolutions, so these stopgap measures for a month. And what a continuing resolution does is uh, this, these particular measures would have lowered discretionary spending. So there would have been spending cuts. However, uh, what these continuing resolutions entail is essentially um, autopilot for the priorities, uh, which is to say that the priorities that were put in place by the previous Democrat-controlled Congress, um, those would be the ones uh, that dictated the, the the ultimate spending ends. Mm. Um, so that was objectionable to uh, a handful of House Freedom Caucus folks who were insisting, and something I'm very sympathetic to, as listeners uh, would know, because I've harped upon this on many Fridays, um, McCarthy's plans were ultimately sunk uh, because uh, a handful of members wanted the House to actually do the hard work of passing the 12 appropriations bills that go into uh, the normal, quote-unquote, regular appropriations process. Um, So ultimately, uh, their opposition scuttled both of Speaker McCarthy's efforts this week on Tuesday and Thursday um, to move along with this plan. And things right now are utterly in turmoil. I mean, there is, as you said at the outset, 
things are fluid. Um, it's anyone's guess how yeah. this is going to play out. Um, it, it, many are thinking it's likely that McCarthy is actually going to be working with Democrats in the House um, uh, to, to ultimately pass some sort of stopgap measure. So, of course, that's an awful end. Um, but, uh, you know, so I, I'm loath to prognosticate how this is going to play out. I think a government shutdown of some sort is likely. And as I'll echo something I've said on multiple Fridays, this is all Speaker McCarthy's fault. Um, when he gained the speakership in January, last January, he said he was going to go through the hard work of doing these appropriations bills. And, and right. just to be clear, what that does when the House passes their own appropriations bills is it establishes new spending priorities, you know, again, as opposed to these continuing resolutions, which would put spending on autopilot under the old Democrat um, spending priorities. So. Because he didn't do the hard work, because he didn't make it uh, a priority during the first year of the 118th Congress, now the chickens are coming home to roost. Well, the Freedom Caucus is just holding his feet to the fire. He made the commitment eight months ago to uh, to go through regular order, and now they're saying you have to do it. And apparently, at my understanding, he's agreed to do it when they get back on Tuesday, so they'll start the process. Needless to say, they're not going to be able to complete the process uh, by uh, October 30th. So, uh, or September 30th. I'm sorry, September, October 1st. And uh, if that happens, of course, there'll be a a government shutdown, which isn't the end of the world. It it is certainly not the end of the world. Um, And and I'll note this as well. So, a a, a month's worth of time, or or however long it would take if they were to speed along with these appropriations measures. Of course, I find that preferable. I mean, you know, that, that of regular order. However, I'll note this. It's a process that is supposed to take six months. Um, you know, that's the way Congress established the process for right. like 50-odd years ago. So it, it is, whereas it would be a welcome change that they actually underwent the process on, from a bird's eye level, it, is, it would nonetheless be disappointing that they had to cram it all into you know, weeks or one month um, just because they couldn't get their act together before the final, you know, the, the 11th hour. Well, at least it would be progress. They're going back to regular order and uh, moving away from these continuing resolutions. So, uh, be sure. <laughs> so before I let you go, uh, any comments about uh, Garland's testimony uh, before the House subcommittee uh, this week? <laughs> there will be no accountability, um, certainly under uh, Merrick Garland's watch at the uh, Department of Justice. And with respect to that, I mean, um, look, there's some obvious problems at the DOJ. Um, there have been. Um, problems that even uh, left of center, you know, professors, scholars, lawyers, and whatnot um, would concede to, and and Garland was in no way willing to acknowledge any of them whatsoever. Um, so that was a bit disappointing. I mean, not, not an honest engagement, an honest reckoning um, with what's actually going on under his and prior watches uh, would have been uh, refreshing, but uh, it was sort of all politics as usual. Indeed. In fact, uh, if anything, it, he just demonstrated there seems to be some sort of a contagious sickness out there that he just doesn't remember anything. The only thing he seemed to, re- to remember is is about uh, Hunter Biden's plea deal. So, I noted that selective amnesia. Um, but again, it was uh, I was I was hoping for more, and I guess I, I shouldn't have been so hopeful. Uh, this is perhaps par for the course for modern politics. William Yateman, again, Senior Legal Fellow with Pacific Legal Foundation. PacificLegal.org is the website. William, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me on, Bob. Always a pleasure. Thank you, William. All right, coming up, Matt Chionis. He's with uh, the uh, Gulf Coast International Properties. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Are you looking to buy or sell a home? Make it a convenient and stress-free experience by calling the dynamic and trustworthy husband and wife team of Megan and Matt Chionis with Gulf Coast International Properties. Find out about their unique and complimentary post-closing concierge services not offered by other area agents. Matt and Megan Chionis give you the competitive advantage to command a premium price for your property. They personally attend all showings, create a marketing strategy for your property, 
and offer that complimentary concierge service to your potential buyer. This hands-on approach has helped them set several sales records in Pelican Bay and many at near record prices. Megan and Matt Chionis understand that as an affluent buyer-seller, your needs and desires are unique. You deserve this level of service. Megan and Matt Chionis are passionate about the Naples lifestyle and they want you to enjoy it too. Call Megan and Matt Chionis with Gulf Coast International Properties at 239-269-5310. That's 239-269-5310. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host... Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Matt and Megan Chionis. They give you a competitive advantage uh, when you're buying or selling a property. They're with uh, Gulf Coast International Properties. And we have Matt with us right now, Matt Chionis. Matt, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Absolutely, Bob. Hey, thanks for for having me today. And and always enjoy your broadcast. And of course, Megan and I appreciate everything you and Linda do. So we're, we're excited to be here. Oh, well, thank you so much, Matt. Uh, before we uh, learn about you and your background, uh, can you just give me an update on uh, how's the market for buyer and sellers in real estate here on the Paradise Coast? <laughs> yeah, but that's a great question. We get that one a lot. You know, when people say, how's the market? It really, it just depends. Uh, Megan and I live by the numbers because of our investor base. Uh, Naples has so many sub markets and they all have their own characteristics. So, mm. you know, some areas are really primed for appreciation. Uh, others, it's a little premature. Other areas are stable. Um, there are some generalizations that are driving the overall trends. Um, you know, primarily understanding the confluence of inventory still being incredibly low with not a whole lot of relief on the horizon uh, and, and the demand still looking so strong for the next few years. The, the migration data is very clear. So, Bob, that amalgamation really creates a nice tailwind for many sectors of the Naples market, uh, especially Pelican Bay and Bay Colony. Uh, those neighborhoods have continued to prove how special they are. And so I know we're, we would be short on time. Uh, you know, you get me amped up talking about a full market analysis, uh, what the clear trends are on properties. Um, you know, if we start talking about what areas are the strongest cash flowing properties, strongest investment, renovate and flip investments. Uh, I live and die by the data, so I get very excited about those topics. And uh, if you get me rolling, you might have to hang up on me. Okay, okay Matt. Well, <laughs> no, I appreciate that uh, so much. And uh, I would take it, you know, interest rates are up substantially. Although my understanding is that many properties don't even have a mortgage, uh, don't close with a mortgage here on the Paradise Coast. So is that influencing the market at all? And that's part of the it just depends statements. Um, there are areas that are maybe a little more sensitive to interest rates. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are other areas of Naples that are very insulated from them. Uh, we're experiencing the, we call it gazelle buying pattern once again, where the rates are just becoming normal for people. And people said, okay, we've had this, of course, historic rate uh, rise in rates. They're not really going to go anywhere anytime soon. Well, I need to buy. I need to get a new property. Now, there are the areas uh, that are 90-plus percent cash. Uh, Now, they're cash on paper, but after they might talk to their financial advisor, their wealth advisor, who says, you know what, maybe 70% of this purchase due in cash, and then, hey, we've got your, your, you have some of your money in treasuries, it's doing well, hey, let's just, you know, we'll, we'll utilize some leverage for the remaining 30%. So, but yes, there, there are the areas that are 90 plus percent cash. Um, 
even yeah. in this market, primarily west of 41, which is where Megan and I, most of our business, especially Pelican Bay, we have not seen a financial contingency in years, even, you know, whether rates were great or not. Um, so it, there's there's some areas that are insulated and some areas that are 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 a little more tol- not as tolerant to it. Well, thank you for that, man. As you've pointed out so many times, uh, everybody's needs are and desires are unique. So uh, it, it just depends, as you said. So uh, you have such an interesting entrepreneurial background. I was wondering if you could share it with us. Yeah, absolutely. It was, a, it was an interesting path to where we are now. Um, what's not unique is that Megan and I are not originally from Naples. We're from the western suburbs of Chicago, although I spent a lot of time growing up here. I attended Naples Christian Academy for middle school, uh, Laley High School here in Naples. Mm. My parents were real estate investors, so I, I grew up around this market, uh, but was not the original path there. After finishing at Baylor University and I earned my master's degree, uh, my wife also earned a master's degree from Wheaton College, Mm. we built a consulting company primarily in the medical space, uh, fitness and wellness, really helping businesses that serve affluent, very affluent clientele. How can they add more value to the patient and the client? How can a better experience be achieved for them? So we would go into different offices and different businesses, help them structure a better experience and add value, uh, ancillary services that really took them to the next level and created a great experience for their patients and customers So, and their clients. So we, we had a successful exit from that company. Uh, I was also on an advisory board for a billion dollar publicly traded R&D company. Uh, I stepped down from that and we were able to move to Naples almost seven years ago now. So definitely something we're, we're thankful for and absolutely love it here versus the, the taxes and the snow up north. Uh, what I would imagine that experience can kind of inform your real estate uh, experience as well. Yes, we, we definitely shifted our focus um, how to add value yeah. to people. Um and and it, was, it, I can go into that. Yeah, and, and uh, your your experience has been successful. I understand you've set some sales records in Pelican Bay and uh, and getting near record prices. Yes, it's uh, it's it's been a fun experience. You know, Megan and I are not good self promoters. We actually kind of fly under the radar. There was a, an article recently in, in Luxury Real Estate Magazine, and um, it, you know, people are like, "Oh, I didn't even. Why didn't you send that out to people?" And we just we're just not good self promoters, but. You know, when people look at the the numerous listing records in Pelican Bay, I mean, definitely Pelican Bay, we've set quite a few in other neighborhoods and consistently getting over the comps. You know, we just, our goal was to be as hands-on with the listing as possible and that level of expertise that we've honed over the years. I and mean, we, we attend every showing. We offer, we have an entire menu of concierge services uh, that we actually offer to a prospective buyer uh, to make someone's property more attractive than their competition. Um, we, we generate a bespoke marketing campaign because each property is so different. We, we enjoy that customized, curated approach to achieve that premium price, especially in this new market. This is, um, this is where the craftsmanship has really come into play, and it, it's become a separator for the properties that sell versus the ones that when you see them sell, you go, wow, I, I didn't think they'd get that much for the property. So, you know, it's a, it's a skill we pride ourselves in, and especially in this market, we're really excited about it. Well, that's really – so uh, I'm intrigued by the complimentary post-closing concierge services that you're uh, – I don't think anybody else offers that in the area. That, that is correct. Could you just amplify, maybe give an example of uh, uh, how that works? Sure, sure. It came along because our, our focus – was really on our grit, our ingenuity, our work ethic, and offering something unique. You know, the time we started years ago, there were 6,000 agents in Naples. Now there's 7,000, I'm sorry, just Collier County. Um, I understand there's another 5,000 agents in pre-licensure for Collier County. So we, we knew a long time ago, Naples in the Southwest Florida didn't need another agent. They they needed an exclusive service. And, you know, Bob, Megan and I have a, a blue ocean mentality, you know, blue ocean versus red ocean, you know, red ocean being cut down your competition, bad mouth others, price wars, etc. Blue ocean is very, have an abundant mentality. Like I, Megan and I, we're capitalists. 
Um, we see opportunity. This is this is America. This is the land of opportunity. Um, we encourage. There's we've had friends talk about getting licensed. We're like, hey, great, go do it. Let us know if you need any help, any advice. Um, I host a, a whiskey and cigar night for other top agents in the area. And my closest friends are agents, and so I'm very competitive. But it's it's the blue ocean mentality, and that's what led us to our post-closing concierge services, not as a, a gimmick or phrase. I, I don't know how many concierge agents I know or call themselves that. And they say they're full service, go the extra mile, white glove. And, you know, that's good branding and that's the mentality, the experience they offer. That's fantastic because that will lend itself to a good experience because the most important thing in this profession is, is the buyer or seller, is the customer. That's the most important thing. Um, but even I have good friends who call themselves concierge agents and other luxury markets in Manhattan and different places. And I said, what, what does that mean? It really didn't seem to have any substance to it. Yeah. So we created a system, an actual menu of concierge services to provide tangible value. We, we feel people at this price point really deserve those services. Outstanding. Um, and so the concept actually took place, Bob, in Pelican Bay. Um, we were hosting an open house at 703 Willowwood uh, in the Oakmont neighborhood, which I'll, I'll never forget it. We were there three days a week. We just kept listening to people of what were their concerns, what precluded them from buying in Naples and buying from afar. So we structured our concierge menu to provide more value. And it's we have a couple of things we offer. We, we have complimentary home watch Um for, for our, our buyers, like I said, we also offer it our seller to a potential buyer, uh, complimentary property management. Um, we found a lot of people seem to have vendor lists. Well, our vendor list gives people discounts. Mm. Uh, our storm prep, uh, that has been very, very helpful. Uh, people have, have appreciated that, uh, especially in, uh, you know, we, we know from kind of June to November, they <laughs> really appreciate that. Um, and it's, it's evolved beyond the home. Um, we have great relationship and partnership with a private jet company, Outlier Jets. Uh, the experience they provide people is phenomenal, and they take excellent care of our clients. Uh, someone wants to test drive the new Bentley before it comes out, we can arrange that. So it, it, it's evolved from there. That's also, Bob, why we, we started a, a development company. You know, yeah. Naples doesn't need another developer or contractor. Uh, we wanted to deliver a different experience for investors, uh, and people looking to renovate a property they love. So, you know, a buyer working with us, we, you know, if they know we find a great property that they love, it just needs updating. They don't have to have the fear of a bad experience in the renovation process. That's already been alleviated. We can even sharpen our pencils to give them a better price. Yeah. Um, when we represent a seller for our concierge services, we offer the same value to a prospective buyer to eliminate that hurdle from someone buying their property. Sounds so like, Matt, you, you, you're working hard to make things stress-free. I just want to wish we had more time to amplify yeah. this. But, uh, Matt and Megan Chionis, again, with Gulf Coast International Properties, I encourage you to sit down and talk with Matt and Megan uh, about your situation. Uh, I, if, I would think it's kind of a st stressful experience to start thinking about selling a property, but uh, I think they can like, eliminate a lot of that stress. Give them a call at uh, 269-5310. That's 239-269-5310. Matt, I really appreciate your time here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey, thanks, Bob. I appreciate everything you do. Have a great day. You as well. Thank you, Matt. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Steve Bruder. Steve is a uh, CEO of St. Matthew's House. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the uh, Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Two-thirds of parents prefer educational options for their children, with 40% strongly preferring options for their child's education. School choice is a growing movement, one that is already lifting thousands of kids across America. The Optima Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit corporation, was founded to support the establishment and expansion of superior quality schools of choice. Optima's goal was the successful launch of Hillsdale College Varney Charter School, Initiative Classical Academies, and other schools of excellence across the state of Florida, serving kindergarten through the 12th grade. 
The mission is to train the minds and improve the hearts of young people through a content-rich classical education in the liberal arts and sciences with instruction in the principles of moral character and civic virtue. In a terrific product of the process, Naples Classical Academy has already opened here in Naples. You can find out more by visiting the website Optima.Foundation. Help children in Florida optimize their educational opportunities. Visit www.Optima.Foundation. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too. Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Golf Shore Playhouse. Changing lives through exceptional theater experiences. You can find out more and get tickets by visiting the website golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Professor Larry Bell. Right now we have with us Steve Bruder. He is the CEO of St. Matthew's House. Steve, thank you so much for joining us. Well, good morning, Bob. Uh, Steve, could you tell us about St. Matthew's House? Well, yeah, we've, uh, we're have we now over 35 years old, mission in Collier County, and we serve the uh, homeless, um, those that are hungry and addicted in Collier County, and work on workforce development and transitional housing. But we operate the only two homeless shelters in Collier County. Outstanding organization. I personally support uh, St. Matthew's House. One of the things I really appreciate is, number one, no government funding for St. Matthew's House. And number two, uh, accountability. If you get involved with St. Matthew's House, you're expected to have an outstanding or uh, a positive outcome. There's just no hanging around. So uh, stmatthewshouse.org is the uh, web- website, stmatthewshouse.org. Thank you, Steve. Um I want to talk to you about this column. It really touched me. It was just, I'm a baby boomer. And the name of the column is uh, uh, Why Baby Boomers Are Sliding Into Homelessness. It's it's very sad to think that people are working all their lives and getting to the age of 65, 70, 75 and don't have a place to live. I was wondering if you could just uh, give us some information about that. Yeah, it it is a sad commentary. It really uh, talks about a worsening crisis we have in America. There's, um, we know that about two thirds of Americans live paycheck to paycheck, but then when you have a fixed income senior, it uh, it's, gets really tough. Just one setback, a car breaks down, medical bill, rent increase, and they could find themselves homeless. So it's it's a real problem, and there's really no place for seniors to go when they when they find themselves um, homeless. There's uh, Section Eight doesn't have any units. Landlords don't want to rent below market rate for um, seniors. And even when we have rental assistance dollars, it's, it's really hard to find units. So too often they, they end up at St. Matthew's house. And like you said, Bob, that's a, that's a sad uh, thing to think about seniors that have worked their whole life and um, now find themselves unsheltered and looking, uh, looking for some help, but they come to St. Matthew's house um, I think the one thing in the article that was pretty shocking is the the point in time count that's done in January. That's every place in the country. They try to count every homeless person on a few nights. And in Collier County, the number of seniors that were found homeless went up 230%. So it was shocking. And shocking indeed. And, you know, even when you think about Collier County or the Paradise Coast, you almost want to deny the fact that homelessness could even exist here in Collier County, but it, it's here, isn't it? I mean, it. it uh, you're. I think I read a statistic that uh, you're feeding 
hundreds of families every day. Oh, yeah. And our, our wait list for our facilities is, I just checked uh, this week, it was 127 waiting for our services. You mentioned the, the food assistance. We've been serving typically about 15,000 families every month wow. since COVID. And, and, you know, speaking of COVID, that's, <clears throat> and seniors, COVID came and that just created a lot of isolation and then inflation hit and that caused more stress and even depression. And then Ian was really the cause of a lot of physical displacement for people and seniors, yeah. um, it especially got hard hit. Yeah, I mean, uh, people who uh, maybe even have the uh, resources to pay rent, but uh, they got washed out of their home or their home was unlivable. And, uh, you know, things got pretty tight around here. So uh, people can end up homeless for a variety of reasons. Yeah, we, we helped St. Matthew's help. Uh, St. Matthew's house helped several seniors that were flooded out of their homes. I remember one family in East Naples. It had been the family home for 75 years, and it was just destroyed. Wow. Um, so they they had a tough time finding any place to go. One-bedroom apartment in Naples is about $2,800 $2, a month. Wow. And when you look at Social Security income, the average the typical check is about $1,800 a month. So there's just a huge gap. And when you add food and fuel and medical and insurance and utilities under rent, uh, it's really tough for seniors to make it on a fixed income. So all, all this work that you're doing, it costs money. And uh, and I, I just say there's so much more that we could talk about, about the businesses that you operate, helping people to get job skills, uh, just so many wonderful things about St. Matthew's House. It takes money. How can we contribute and how can we help? Yeah, thanks, Bob. It's, um, it is a lot. We've been growing because the need is growing in so many different areas. But, um, yeah, people can help by going to the website, stmatthewshouse.org, as you mentioned, stmatthewshouse.org. Right now we're wrapping up our summer million-dollar campaign to raise funds to just uh, come off the summer as we get into season. So it's really critical. Uh, contributions and grants and our social enterprises are what fuel all the programs that that we have at St. Matthew's House. So that's how people can help, or they can just give us a call anytime if they uh, are in need of services. And you've got some thrift shops and uh, some <laughs> got a lot of different businesses out there. Too. So uh, do patronize the uh, St. Matthew's House businesses as well, because everything helps in terms of helping the homeless. We didn't talk about your addiction pro uh, programs or uh, helping people who have addictions, uh, food underserved, uh, just uh, a variety of services, stmatthewshouse.org. Make a contribution today. Steve, really appreciate you coming on the show today. Thanks so much for joining us. Bob, thank you. My pleasure indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Larry Bell. He is an endowed professor at the University of Houston in space architecture. Also writes his columns for Newsmax.com. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor.
Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. Help prepare elected officials to have winning strategies in the legislatures across the uh, United States. I hope you'll find out more and visit the website, thefga.org. We have with us Professor Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston in space architecture. He's also an author. He's written 12, a dozen great books. His latest, Architectures Beyond Boxes and Boundaries, My Life by Design. It's a must-read. It's really interesting. And then also, of course, he writes his column a couple times a week for Newsmax.com. His column is called On Point. Professor, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. And Bob, thank you so much. My pleasure, Professor. Your latest column is so interesting. 2024's Last Chance to Save America Values and Institutions. Maybe you could tell us about it. Yeah, Bob, you know, we talk about this every almost every week, and, of course, I write about it so often, all the the things that are changing in the country in, in the last few years, and not just with, you know, Joe Biden, but previously with, you know, with uh, uh, President Obama and so on. And, you know, we, we talk about these things, and, 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 and they're fundamental changes. You know, they're things that... Once they change, um, you know, I think we imagine the pendulum's going to swing back, you know, and politics changes. But I think a lot of these changes are such that the pendulum never will come back uh, to to a balance point. And because they're changing institutions and basically changing whole concepts of what America's all about. And, and you know, I write about these things, and it's and a lot of my, you know, Kind of really depressing, and I think very concerning. And uh, one hand, you know, you don't want to become depressed about things, but the other hand, when when you start when you start putting them all together and connecting them, it's just overwhelming. And 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 one of the things I think that frightens a lot of us is that so much of the public is complacent about these things. You know, they you know they, they either aren't paying attention or they they think it doesn't affect them or whatever that reason. But but then you reflect back and I, I introduced here that look what almost happened when when the Republic, when the Democrats were hard bent on on, on uh, killing the filibuster, which would have uh, absolutely changed the country in terms of giving the, the Democrats opportunity to bring reliable <clears throat> Democrat voting left-wing voting Washington, D.C. and Puerto Rico in the states and and uh, packing the Supreme Court with as, as many uh, constitutionally revisionist, uh, revisionist justices as, as they can possibly get to, to to allow the executive branch, which has just been on a rant in terms of uh, doing things they're not authorized to do. I mean, you look, you look at the border, you know, and we... You know, the, you know the sacrifices of our sovereignty and and the consequences of that, and so on. But you look at just one vote. It was just one vote with Joe Manchin, yeah, from Virginia, from a you know from a energy state that that prevented this from happening. You know, and you think, oh my God, it's you know it's it's more fragile than we could ever have imagined. And and you know the country. I think is 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 very obviously very polarized, but but it's polarized in a way that uh, 
I think, you know, on my side of the of the of the balance sheet, it's terrifying. Yeah. And I think that we we've come so close to losing country, and and it it ain't over. No, it sure isn't. In fact, uh, a column this morning that I read, seventy two percent admit to being concerned that the United States is becoming a police state engaging in mass surveillance, censorship, ideological indoctrination, and targeting of uh, political opponents. That according to Rasmussen reports. 72%, Larry. So people are beginning, uh, increasing their awareness. And I, I think describing uh, this country as becoming a police state, I think, is pretty accurate. Yeah, and then we look at the, the new, you know, the... the, the uh Look at AI, for example, you know, and, and how it facilitates that, you know, how they, you know, where, you know, we, uh, you know, we may have our television off, and but it still may be listening to us, you know, and we have a private conversation or with our cell phone in our pocket, and pretty soon we're getting ads, you know, ads, you know, online that have to do with this, you know, this conversation we've been having, and, hmm. and, and, uh, you know our our information is being data mined, and, and in terms of where we shop and how where we drive and everything else, and of course it's being mined. And they say, well, yeah, but we're not looking at it. They're not looking at it until they want to look at it for something, right? And then they've got all this information, and and uh, you know I still teach. You know I've got grad students in some of the University of Houston, and uh, it's concerning to them, you know, but. But but for them it's become the new normal, you know, where they they've never known anything but this. Yeah. You see, you know, and and they're they're worried about it. I think that that seventy two percent of people are, are concerned. But the question is, what are we going to do about it? You know, I'm appalled that uh, we have an IRS that knows everything about us financially. And to me, that's just wrong. But I mean, that's just uh, that goes back a, a decade or a, a hundred years, a century. Uh, but uh, right now, uh, we we need to get back to the to the Constitution. Well, you mentioned that you mentioned the IRS, and now you think of this powerful tool of AI that can link together every you know every anomalous spending thing we do mm. and trace things, you know, and so that so they can they can basically hone in on on a target like a bunch of bubble you know, a bunch of wasps, you know, that have their their they're they're, they're uh, hive, you know, destroyed and so on, and 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 you can't, and there's a sense of helplessness. You can't defend yourself because because they have all the money, they have all the control, they have intimidation tactics, and and we see this being used on Trump, of course. And can you imagine? I mentioned this. Can you imagine years ago thinking that a former president's home would be raided by a SWAT team looking for? Looking for classified information, and then, and then by contrast, uh, you know the current you know, current uh, president, they find you know ma- classified materials in his garage, yeah, with no with no concern. And you know the 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 comparison, the, the contradictions couldn't be more blatant. And and they say, oh, well, we don't have a two tier justice system. And you think, oh, you know, uh, yes, yes. You, Yes, we do, and 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 I I think the the promising thing is that we're seeing now that with hearings and so on, some of the stuff's coming to light, and yeah. and people are seeing the unfairness of it, and I think people are starting to see, well, this could be me, you know, this could happen to, if it can happen to a former president, my God, what chance do I have? Absolutely. But the irony is right now that uh, we're, the everybody's wringing their hands about the government closing. And we closed down the economy, a twenty-five trillion dollar economy, for two years, yeah. and didn't blink an eye. So, the irony of you know, again, uh, the, the notion of putting the, the government on a pedestal and not a private enterprise is just beyond description. Larry, I always appreciate your commentary on the, on the show. I want to re- recommend again, uh, "Architectures Beyond Boxes and Boundaries: My Life by Design." It's uh, Larry Bell's latest book. Professor, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. That was a real privilege. Thank you so much. My pleasure indeed. Well, that's a wrap here on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it.
On Monday, we've got some terrific guests, including Sean Higgins with the Competitive Enterprise Institute. Dr. Zudi Jasser is the uh, founder and president of the American Islamic Forum for Democracy. That is always an interesting conversation. Clerk Crystal Kinzel will be joining us, as well as Jim McTagg, former Barron's Washington Bureau Chief. I hope you enjoyed the show. I really appreciate your patronage and listening in, and uh, I hope you'll uh, patronize our advertisers. Uh, we couldn't do the show without them. I hope you make it a great day and weekend on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Thanks so much for listening to the Bob Harton Show on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharton.com.